Hey, if you need a Bible, we want to get a copy to you. So Alex and some of our other friends are there to get a copy. We're going to be uh, in a lot of places this morning. So have your Bible open. Open a notepad, whether it's physical or on your phone. And we're going to get um, into the Word of God together. First, uh, let's, let's pray. And then we'll get right to work. Lord, we love you and we do thank you that you're, you're moving. You're moving in our heart. You're moving in our lives. And Holy Spirit of God, we ask you uh, to speak to us, we pray. Speak to us in power. Lord, we want to know your heart. We want to know what you're doing in our lives and in this world. And God, we just need you. We desperately need you. So come, Holy Spirit, and touch us in the deepest places, in the places where we seem so far from you. Lord, we need your help. Uh, God, for those of us who are hurting this morning, for those who are going through intense uh, suffering, Lord, we, we need you to step in and fight for us, God. So somehow, some way, even while we're meeting uh, here, we ask that we would be able to, to meet with you. Lord, come. Holy Spirit, come, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. So uh, just a reminder, my name is Jose, and sometimes when you come to gatherings like this, you're wondering, is God going to do anything? And I just want to remind you of what I think to be true. Uh, it's his opinion, but it's opinion, I think, maybe uh, based on the movement of the Holy Spirit. That last song that we just sang, I think, was for many of us. We read the Bible. It is the Word of God. And then it becomes the Word of God to us. It is God's Word. And then when you read it, and when God's Spirit speaks to your own soul, it becomes the word of God to you. And I, th I just think that that song and the concept that God's fighting for you, that God's for you, not against you, that God's working in, in ways that you don't see is, is an encouraging word. So that's just a caveat. We call it freebie. Okay, that's just a freebie. And if that doesn't make sense to you, totally cool. We'll keep going, all right? Uh, so uh, we, we're in a series uh, called The New You, and I want us to look this morning and just remember some concepts of what God has already been saying to us. Uh, we looked a few weeks ago, and we, we're in week five. You and I, we're the new creation. What does it mean to be new? Anyone who comes to Christ, the old is gone, the new has come. Well, we learned that we are a new creation, and because of that, we have a new identity. We used to be enemies of God, estranged, out of sync, out of relationship, or far, and now God's made us holy. That is, God's presence can be very real because Jesus has come. And by faith in him, we're now clean on the inside and God's spirit can come and do a work. And because of that, we join. We're not just meeting with God alone. We're in God's family. So we're in new creation. We have a new identity. We're holy. And we're God's family. And then last week, we began what will be two weeks, last week and this week, on the fact that we have a new presence the Holy Spirit comes to live not just around you, but the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. A recap from last week, because some of you I met this morning, it's your first Sunday here. Last week we learned that the Holy Spirit uh, brings about our new life, right? He gives us new desires. He brings the scriptures to life in us, and he produces God's character. The Holy Spirit is working in you and I to produce Jesus-likeness. The goal of our life, because we're following Jesus, is to be transformed little by little into his image, to live like him, to think like him, to begin to behave like him. Why? Why? Because one day we're going to be with him. So everything God's going to do in the future, he's doing right now in you and in me. 
He's working it out because this is where we're headed. And we know that in the age to come, in God's future, we're going to see him and we're going to be like him because we're going to see him as he is. Until then, we don't just wait and hang out. No, we participate. The goal of going through this is that you and I would participate. We'd move with God. We wouldn't resist him. We would lean in. We would want to grow in the way that he has designed. Now, this morning, though, we want to look. We looked at what the Holy Spirit does in us last week. We want to look at the, what the Holy Spirit does through us this week. Write this down. This is a concept that's going to be helpful. We have a new power. And that's what I want us to to rest and think about this morning. Why don't we just say it together? We have a new power. Like as I speak to myself. One, two, three. We have a new power. Wow, that was the most lonely group speaking possible. Note to self. Work on that. Yeah. We have a new power. That's what Jesus promised. Now, I'll admit, some of us don't believe that. You and I, some of us don't believe that when the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, that you have not just access to a new power, not just conceptually, thoughtfully, possibly a new power, but that you have a real power living inside of you. God has come to make his dwelling place in you. Some of us just conceptually, we, we struggle with that because we look at our own behavior and say, if God's real and he's working, he's not going to work through me. But I want us to remind ourselves, this is true of you. This is the new you. It's not like it's going to be the new you. It is the, it's the new you now. The question is, do we realize it? And then do we operate out of that reality? This is who we are. Jesus promised this. Acts 1-8. You've probably, if you've been to church, read this a thousand times and thought, this relates to someone other than me. But when the Spirit of God, uh, I'm sorry, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus promised his followers. He died for our sin. He stood in our place. He paid our debt in full. He rose again. And then he tells his disciples right before he ascends to the Father, I am going to prepare a place for you. Now, you will receive. He says, wait. In Jerusalem, you will receive power. When the Spirit comes on you, you are going to, and then he fills in the blank. You're going to witness. You're going to give evidence to the resurrection. People are going to believe that I, says Jesus, am alive. You know why? Because of you. They're going to believe it. And you're going to do it here in your own hometown in Judea, a little bit out. And then Samaria, a little culturally further out. And even to the ends of the earth, you and I are going to be empowered to witness to Jesus. Now, you read Acts uh, 2, and it happens immediately. The Spirit comes, and notice what happens. Acts 2, look at verses 14 to 18. And Peter stood up with the eleven, and he raised his voice, and he addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk because the Spirit came and powerful things happened. Just read it. People began to speak in these other languages. This was not ordinary. There were what appeared like physical symbols, like tongues of fire. God's presence was so tangible and they were aware of it that people thought they had flipped out. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken of, of through the prophet Joel. 
quote, and he quotes one of the earlier prophets who spoke for God. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. So Peter is is just telling them what God does. And then filled with this courage because the Spirit has given him power, he, he speaks the word of God. Now, you keep reading in Acts 2, you get the, the gist of the good news. But just jump down to verse 38 just for time. And then Peter replied at the end of his message, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and is for your children and all who are far off, for all on whom the Lord our God will call. And then, and then the writer, Luke, just gives us his insight. With many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted the message were baptized. So there was fruit. And about, and look at this, about 3,000 were added to their number on that day. Not like in the next decade. This blows my mind. On that day, 120 in the upper room, men and women, most ordinary, nobodies. Like there's no superstars, no first draft picks in this crowd. They are in a room hiding, afraid that the people who killed Jesus are going to kill them. And Jesus says, hang out here, pray, be in my presence. When I come, you're going to have power. You're going to leave this little room and you're going to do things in my name. And the immediate evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit is it went from 120 to 3,000. Talk about chaos. Those of you administrators are already sweating. You got, you got pit stains right now because you're like, I don't understand how you, can, how you can handle this influx. Here's the trick. It's not Peter's preaching. It's the power of the Spirit. It's not like this crew. This crew is so second rate. It wasn't the building. They were in a room hiding. But when God's spirit is in you, there is power that is beyond you. So this isn't new. Somebody's saying like, well, I don't know if this is really what God will do. That was just for Peter and that was for James and John and a few people. And that's an honest question until you read the whole Bible. This isn't a new thing. God has always been giving himself. The Holy Spirit is a person, not a force, not a concept, not an idea, not a nebulous power. The person of God comes on people all throughout the Bible. You don't believe me? Rhetorical question. Of course you believe me. I'm nice. Exodus 31, 1 through 5. Let's just read it, uh, look at it together. Exodus 31. It says, the Lord said to Moses, see, I've chosen Bezalel, nice name, son of Uri, son of Hur of the tribe of Judah, and I filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, understanding, knowledge, all kinds of skills. That's interesting. To make artistic designs. That's even more interesting, for work in gold, silver, bronze, and to cut and set stones, and to work in wood, and engage in all sorts of crafts. All throughout the Bible, you see that God sends his spirit to do things that people cannot do. And I, I chose this one, there's lots, because it doesn't seem spectacular. It doesn't seem exciting. You think the spirit comes, and you expect Peter preaching, you expect Paul uh, laying hands on people, and then being healed dramatically. We expect the spectacular, but we forget the Holy Spirit does powerful things even through ordinary means. 
So the Spirit comes on because why? God had set a place called the tabernacle, the place of his presence. God would come meet with his people, and this was such a beautiful and special place, it needed to fit God. Not like you could put him in a box, but it had to be fitting for him. And so God gave specific directions to Moses, this is what my place should look like. And in order to help Moses and the crew get it done, God comes and does it through them. So hear me. God is doing all sorts of things in this world right now. And guess who he chooses to use? You. He wants to use you. He wants to invite you in. Just like Bezalel. He, he has probably some obvious skills. He's probably prone towards the crafty and he's a creative and all that. But the spirit comes on him to accomplish God's purpose. So it doesn't seem spectacular. It seems almost normal. But I want us to get away from thinking that we have the Spirit of God, therefore we have power as to being occasional moments where radical and unknown things happen. And embrace the reality that because the Spirit is in me, he can empower me even to do things that I ordinarily could do with fresh power, with new ability, with new motivation, with a bonus to what I could normally do, not because it's me, but it's Jesus working through me. The Holy Spirit works in the ordinary, and of course he does work in the extraordinary. But what does the Spirit of God mostly do in the early part of the Bible, what we call the Old Testament? What happens? It's usually the Spirit empowers someone to speak. Look at Numbers 11, 25. Write it down or just look at the screen. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with him, and he, took some of the, uh, and he took some of the power of the Spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. That's interesting. And when the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but did not do so. Again, I'm jumping in the middle of a story. This is a crisis time. God is uh, bringing his people out. Moses is leading. They're beginning to complain. And look at what, look what God does. God is already working. The Spirit is on Moses to lead the people but now in crisis, the Spirit comes on the 70 leaders that were set apart. And uh, uh, they prophesied. They spoke the word of God. God worked through them to speak to the people. And in this particular case, it never happened like that again. So the Spirit comes on Bezalel, and he's able to do this uh, dramatic creative work, something that they had never seen before. God works through a person. Now God works through people, 70, 70 leaders of all sorts of groups of people, and God works through all of them, and in a moment they're enabled to do. So yes, it's in the ordinary, but there are moments like this where, where God has a, a thing to accomplish. And then if you keep reading in the Bible, that's early Moses and God's people. As God's people make it into the land, what you're going to see again and again, you read Judges, you're going to hear this line, then the Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon, and the Spirit of the Lord came on Jephthah. And the Spirit of the Lord came on. The Spirit of the Lord came on. And God's Spirit comes on these leaders at pivotal moments. Here's what I just want you to get. God has always been moving through his people, and it's been the Holy Spirit that has been the means by which God's people can do God's work. It's the Spirit's power that enables them to speak. Now, it happens with the kings. This is one you know well. King David, 1 Samuel 16, verse 13. Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. So Samuel's a prophet. The oil was a symbol of God's presence. 
and was used in a ceremony to say, you are now set apart by God to do stuff. And uh, from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And then if you keep reading in Kings and Chronicles, every time there is a new leader that's brought on, the spirit of the Lord works and comes on them. Here's the trend that you see early on in the Bible is that the spirit of the Lord comes on people to accomplish things and it seems to be temporary. So I drew this out for a reason because when I think we think of the Holy Spirit, we think of this. That like, man, Jose, if you're going to share with some people, Spirit of the Lord is going to come on you. And if I'm going to pray for someone, Spirit of the Lord will come on me and, and do something. And yeah, like maybe on a couple times in my life, maybe that would be really cool to experience. The Spirit of the Lord coming on me. And I, I want us to see something, though, radically different. Because of Jesus, this is not the mojo. The Spirit of the Lord coming on a few people on occasion to do God's work. That is not the modus operandi. That is not how God is working now. Why? Jesus said, now circle back, Acts 1.8, but when you receive power, it will be because of the Holy Spirit, and you, all of you, will be my witnesses, and that extends beyond the people that are 120 in that room, because if you read this beautiful book called The Acts, you see this progression of all of these Jesus followers being empowered by the Holy Spirit to do what only God can do. And so Peter says it, we read it, the fulfillment of the prophecy from Joel has come in and through Jesus. Your sons and daughters will do what? They'll prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams on both men and women. You see a trend. A lot of it seems to be on the guys in the Old Testament. Now the Spirit of the Lord comes on Deborah and others, but you see a lot of it on, on, on guys. And, and post-Jesus' uh, resurrection, you see on men and women, God has come. And the Spirit of the Lord is now, and I'm going to say it again and again and again, in you. So you and I ought to grow, grow to expect that if Jesus promised that I would be a witness and you would be a witness that it shouldn't be weird for the Holy Spirit to work through me in ways that are beyond me. So saying, Jose, you're telling me that if I'm a Jesus follower, I'm telling you from day one that you chose to repent and believe anything that God wants to do, he can do through you. Anything. Now, it doesn't mean, now here's the caveat, it doesn't mean he will do everything through you. You and I are part of a new family. So we're going to see today that there's this body, there's this group of people that make up the family of God. Jesus is the head. And as Jesus wants the direction of his people to go, as Jesus has his vision for his world, he's going to take all of us collectively, his body, and he's going to do things that are beyond us. But I need us to catch this. Anything God wants to do, he can do through me. Anything God wants to do, he can do through you. And so what I have to do is break a mindset that says, I'm just a fill in the blank. I'm just a mom. I'm just a mechanic. I'm just an accountant. I'm just a new believer. I'm just a teenager. I'm just a, a retired person. I'm just a fill in the blank. We need to drop that. And instead, we need to begin to tell ourselves, 
I am filled with the Holy Spirit of God. God, whatever you want to do in your world, here I am, bring it on. I'm scared to death. Here I am, anything. And I think the people that are enjoying the fulfilled life of following Jesus are awakened to the reality that God can do anything through them. Again, it doesn't mean he's going to do everything through you. It doesn't make you better than anyone else. But Jesus, I think, loves to take ordinary people. I, I love it that of all the people to speak up on that first day when the Spirit comes, it's a nobody fisherman. It's a nobody fisherman. A nobody. We see him as the apostle Peter in his day. They saw him as a nobody. And 3,000 are added to the church, and the movement moves, and the world has never been the same because of ordinary people who've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Man, I am way more thrilled about this than about 60% of you. Okay. <laughs> about 60, I think I got, I got 40% hooked. 60% are not so sure. You decide which camp you're in. All right. Two things this morning. Just two things I want us to see that the Spirit wants to do through us. And then you could tease this out this week and think through the implications. Number one, write it down. The Spirit enables us to share the Word of God. Why is the Holy Spirit working in us? Because God wants His Word to be shared. The prophets in the early part of the story before Jesus, they spoke the Word of God. What does God want? He spoke through messengers. And now that all of us have received the Holy Spirit, it's possible for anyone to hear the Word of God through any of the children of God. God is speaking. Now, how does God do this? Mostly through Scripture. We've been getting the, given the written revelation. The Holy Spirit spoke through men long ago, and they weren't writing their own words. It was as the Spirit led them and guided them. They have given us now the, the written and complete and absolutely beautiful Word of God. Your Bible is the Word of God. And so any one of us can speak words of life to anyone just by quoting the Bible. Which, side note, and this is like a broken, I was going to say record, but... I don't have any. This is a broken, I don't know, digital download? This is, a bro this is a broken something. You need to hear this. We learn the word of God because it is God's word to us and it is God's word through us. So I don't just read the Bible to see what I can get. I'm reading the Bible because it's God's beautiful words that could be for somebody else. So as I learn the Bible you benefit. As you learn the Bible, we benefit. We fall in love with the Word of God because it is life-giving. And all Peter does on that first day, if you read Acts 2, it's a string of quotes. He quotes the Bible and says, everything the Bible said has been fulfilled in Jesus. You ought to repent and believe. And a bunch of them like, dunk me, I'm in. And the church explodes. You have the same Word of God. You have it. You're like, I'm way God, will you empower me? He's like, I have. It's on your phone in multiple translations and languages or in print version. It's there. You can, you can access the thoughts of God because you have the word of God. And so, gosh, man, we need to remember that the spirit enables us to know the word of God and to speak the word of God. And it's interesting. Uh, you say, well, how do I know it's mostly about speaking? You know, the 59 occasions where the Holy Spirit comes up, count them up in the book of Acts, 36 of them, 36 of the 59, 
in the book of Acts are about the Holy Spirit speaking through somebody else. Most of what you see in Acts is spirit-empowered speaking. Ordinary people who have the word of God, they know the word of God, and now they speak it out and the spirit enables them to touch people in ways that you'd, you'd never believe. So, so the spirit, what does he want to do? You say, well, Jose, time out. If God's given us a whole family and I'm part of the body, I'm more of like a, I'm more like a servant. I like to do things. To which I would say, absolutely beautiful. We need you. Well, I'm just more of a behind-the-scenes kind of person. I don't want to be seen. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to do anything. I just want to be, you know, fulfill my role. Absolutely beautiful. I think God loves to work through people who are humble enough to say, you know, I just want to do my part. I don't need to be on the stage. You do your part. Just don't say that the Spirit doesn't want to speak through you because that's just shortchanging God. Now, the Spirit speaking through you may be to one other person you're serving with. It may be to five people that are under your care. It may be to the ten people in your department. Do your service. Do your work. Live humbly. Don't look for a microphone and a stage and a big Instagram account. That comes at a price. Those who teach ought to be careful. They're going to be judged more harshly, a.k.a. So there comes with responsibility. Don't just look for a big opportunity because of what it may do to your profile. But why don't we wake up to the fact that God has given us his word and he wants it to move and channel through us. So the Holy Spirit will give you the ability to understand the Bible. The, the Spirit will enable you to remember. Has this ever happened experientially to any of you? You read something at somewhere, you don't even remember where it was, but you're talking to someone and that Bible verse came up in your brain. Has that ever happened to anybody? I think some of us have had that sense of like, man, I... This kind, this word that was written thousands of years ago to somebody else seems to apply to, by the way, this happens to me every single week when I think about you. I have no idea what I'm going to say every week. Absolutely no idea. I got a roadmap. I read the Bible and somehow certain verses pop out as more appropriate for us to speak and that's normal. I don't hear voices telling me, Jose, Numbers 11, 25. I just read Numbers 11, 25 and go, that's killer. Copy, paste, slide. <laughs> Normal. But some of you, when you read a Bible verse on a Sunday, it hits you in the gut. It's true. And you're like, man, I needed it. Ever, ever have that? I go to church or wherever. And like, I needed that. That's the Holy Spirit empowering me or someone to speak and you to hear. The Holy Spirit will give you words in the moment. This is the part that freaks us out, but we need to say it. The Holy Spirit will give you the word of God, the scriptures, and words in the moment that are for people. And by the way, that's what you see in the book of Acts. This combination of the word of God. They quoted the Old Testament, and then they had, they had these words. Like a girl is being manipulated, right, to tell people their fortunes. And Paul has a word Demonic power, get out. It's a word. That's not the Bible. But it was a word from God to release this woman from bondage. And so God gives us primarily the scripture. We fall in love with the scriptures. But it's not just the scriptures in that there are words of prophecy. Your sons and daughters will do what? They'll prophesy. God, by his spirit, will enable you to speak the word of God. That's our primary function. And in that, God will also give you in the moment, sometimes 
things that are very specific to someone's circumstance. And like, man, I was just thinking about this. And does this make sense? And the next thing you know it, Kleenex. Because someone's like, how did you know that? And you're like, I didn't know that. But God knows and God speaks. And so what we want to do is grow in remembering anything God wants to do, he could do through you. Anything God wants to do, he could do through you. Anything God wants to do, he can do through you. The question is, are you the kind of person that wants God to do anything through you? And so we're going to see here in a moment that the call to the church is to desire. The Holy Spirit gives us new desires. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. And as the Spirit gives us new desires, one of those new desires ought to be to be useful, not to be on display, not to be a show-off. But don't you want to be useful? Wouldn't it be cool? Check this out. If you were coming to church and you weren't just thinking about where am I going to sit in the blow zone where the cold air goes from there all the way to there because it's the coldest part of this church. In the hide zone, in the back, where like, I don't want to be seen. I don't want them to see me. So I'm going to be over here. I can see everybody in here. You can't hide. I can see you all. What if the thought was, God, is there someone today that you want to bless through me? What if, what if we came with the mindset, God, is it not? I hope the music's good. The message is going to be stellar. I hope that, you know, <laughs> I'm speaking words of life to you. What if it was, God, is there something for somebody else and I'm just available now, it's helpful if you've read the Bible before last Sunday because sometimes it's just something you read and it comes back. And it wasn't just for you. It was for someone else. I don't know. Second thing, I'm going off. Second thing, uh, first, God, the Holy Spirit enables us, us to speak the word of God. Second thing, write it down. The Spirit enables us to continue the works of Jesus. The Holy Spirit enables us to continue the works of Jesus. The same Spirit that was working through Jesus, and this is a mind blow. Jesus healed, set people free, cast out demons, raised the dead, not because he was God, but because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. How do we know this? It's not till Jesus' baptism that he begins to do this miraculous. The Spirit of God comes upon and fills, baptizes Jesus. Then he does the works of God. He was always God made flesh. But it's the Spirit's enablement. And why is that there? It's super helpful. It's for you and me to be reminded that the same Spirit working in and through the Son of God is the same. It's not like you have Holy Spirit light. He gets the full download. Like you ever do the app where you get the free version and you get the paid version? And the free version is just filled with advertisements that are annoying because some of you are cheap like me and I don't pay for apps. So like, give me the free version. But this, it doesn't have all the stuff. And it's not like you get Holy Spirit light where you don't have all the stuff. You have the fullness of the Spirit that lived in Jesus. I just upped it to 60%. Now 60 in, 40 are still out. This is good. I see the dial. I, I see it. And it's happening because... I think when we realize if you have the Holy Spirit, you're resonating with this, it's just filled with fear. You're resonating with the fact that the Spirit of God lives in you. And the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now resides in you. And the same Spirit that Jesus was empowered by to do all the works of the Father is now living in you. So, okay, so what do we do about this? If this is true, what do we do? We look at the Bible. Romans 12, still with me. Romans 12. Verse 5, for just as each of you 
have one body and with many members, and these members don't have all the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body. Each member belongs to all the others, so we, we need each other. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And this is interesting. We'll throw that first verse up, but with a little bit of Greek translated. Let's just go back to that first verse. We have different gifts, charismata, according to the grace. Charis, next slide if we would. Um, oh, sorry, I skipped one. I got so excited. We'll keep going with this. If your gift is prophesying, prophesy. If it's faith, faith. Serving, serve. Teaching, teach. Encouraging, encourage. Giving, give. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So there's different expressions. We're a body. And what's the point? If the Spirit is working through you, just do what the Holy Spirit is doing. If he's telling you to be generous, live generously. If there's a situation where there's tension and you could come in and call people to mercy, then, then bring mercy. If, you're, if you lead, if you organize, if you structure, ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom on how to do it. But let's go back to, let's go to the next slide. So this is, this is what I want you to see. We have different, and the word there is charismata. Uh, in English, we have these two different words. According to the, so we say gifts and grace, we have different charismata according to the charis. Grace and gifts have the same root function. So in other words, when we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, what we're talking about is not you having some special ability in and of yourself. We have different expressions of grace. Abilities that stem out of grace. So if God's given ability and grace to you is to prophesy. Guess what you should do? You should prophesy. So, so what's the grace all about? It's the ability to do what the Holy Spirit can do, and it's by the Holy Spirit. In other words, it's not about you and I. It's never about what's your gift, what's my gift. There are certain roots that, that Jesus or routes that Jesus uses often with people. There seem to be like repetitive ways. Those of you with Holy Spirit generosity seem to enable other people to live generously too. It's not that just you're generous. People with the gift of generosity are able to call the body to generosity. And that seems to happen often. So don't be surprised because there's all sorts of expressions. If there's one, two, three, ten, whatever, that seem to happen more often um, there are gifts of miracles. Doesn't seem to happen often for most people. It's there. So just embrace the way that God works. But, but hear this. It's never about I have the gift of, so I'm going to do. No, it's gifts of grace. God's mercy, God's grace, God's gift to us is then the ability to do anything. That's why I can say with confidence, anything God wants to do in this world, he could do through you. You don't have to have the gift of faith. God can grace you with it. You don't have to have the gift of miracles. God can grace you with this ability to be in a place where he's doing things that are beyond human understanding. And guess what? It could pop in and pop out at any time. So it's not like I got the gift of miracles, therefore you need to hear me. Now, for certain people, that's their trend. Like, for whatever reason, healing happens. 
For others, where it happens, like prophecy happens. It's just, it's really cool to see it develop, but the catch is it's never your gift. Why? The gift is the Holy Spirit. How do I know that? 1 Corinthians, turn with me. 1 Corinthians 12, and we'll start in verse 1. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed about the gifts of the Spirit. It's translated gifts of the Spirit. Here, it's not super helpful because it gives this idea that you have this gift and I have this gift. Actually, if you do the straightest translation, now about spirituals, now about things of the Spirit, I don't want you to be uninformed. So when it comes to what God wants to do in this world, the things that pertain to the Holy Spirit, I don't want you to be ignorant. And that's a word for us. I think it's a word for us, us. I think some of us are just uninformed. We don't know. We haven't been taught. We haven't thought about it. We've resisted it. We've avoided it. We've been burned by it. You were there. You saw it. It looked phony. It looked phony. It looked phony. Turned out to be phony. So for the rest of your days, like, here's what I'm going to do. It's going to put away that whole spirituals thing and whatever, and I'm just going to read my Bible and pray and, and avoid the rest. Church, I don't want you to be uninformed about what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Now, what does the Spirit want to do? Keep reading. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know, no one who's speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is always working in accordance with the Word of God. So we can discern. So one of the things the Holy Spirit will do is give us the ability to discern this is genuine or this is not. Why? By the way someone treats the Lord Jesus. You'll know if they're a fraud or not. But then he says in verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, same Spirit, distributes so there's different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. There are different charismata, but the same pneuma, the same spirit. One Holy Spirit expresses himself through lots of means. So verse 7, to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for what? The common good. Which is why I said the best thing that we do is grow into maturity to say, is there anything, Lord, that you want to do in the lives of your people? The role of these expressions or manifestations of the Holy Spirit isn't wow factor. It's, hmm, is there something that someone can use from God? God can go direct line to anybody, but the greatest means in the Bible is through his people. We want God to direct download. Here's the challenge. Read the Bible cover to cover. That is the rare exception. Most often, God works in and through his people. Why? When we get to glory, fight with him. I have no idea why. I have no idea. All I know is the pattern of God. The pattern of God, whether you look at the nation of Israel or you look at the church, is he works most often through his people. What's accelerated because of Jesus? A few, the Spirit comes on them. Now in light of Jesus, they all. That's the difference. That's why I could say God can do anything he wants to do through you. Verse 8, to one there is given 
through the Spirit, a message of wisdom to others, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, and, and another uh, faith uh, by the same Spirit to another gift of healing by that one Spirit. Next slide. To another miraculous powers, another prophecy, another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking different kinds of tongues, still another interpretation of tongues. Now, I don't want to get into them. We already did this in a series two years ago on Romans 12. Just go back to our podcast. You can watch it on YouTube. You can listen to it. Romans 12, Holy Spirit, we want more, and everything after that. It's about six weeks worth. These are all the work of the one same Spirit. He distributes them to each one just as he determines, which means he can do anything through anyone. The Holy Spirit is able to work through you. If you're timid, he could give you this expression of prophecy, even though you're saying don't do it. He can work through you. The question is, are you willing? So write this down. The Holy Spirit is the gift. In the end, the gift is not the expression. The gift is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit already lives in you. The Holy Spirit's already working in you. So it's not like I get a box of prophecy, you know, like I have a container of healing and it's mine. No. The Spirit works through his people, which is why verse 24 is key. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So where there's brokenness, God will step in through you. Where there's dysfunction and a mess, healing could come in through you. It was always the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is working through his people. So there's no cape, no superpowers. You don't get to put anything on your little website about how amazing you are. Rather, you can say, Holy Spirit, come. You're the gift. You live in me. Now give your gifts through me. Verse 11 tells us the punchline. All these are the work of of the one and same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. All right. All of this is true in our head. The question is, how does it get from our head to our life? This is where we get to step in. You can keep in step with the Holy Spirit. We looked at that last week. Keep in step. What the Spirit is doing, I want to be with him. Or we can resist the Spirit and say no. And and here's the unfortunate thing. If you say no, he will not work through you in that way. But that's his desire. Who loses? In one sense, you. Because there's nothing greater than having God at work in your life. And working through you for the good of someone else, there's no greater joy. That is the Christian life. Now, God will still work to that person because he's loving. But gosh, I want God to work through me. So the question is, do we expect God to use us in the words that we speak and then the actions that Jesus wants to do? Are we willing to try? I think some of us are afraid because, like, what if I step out and mess it up? To which I would say, show me any pro athlete who didn't mess up. Show me anyone who succeeded in life, who didn't stumble along the way. We're afraid of messing up God's work. Here's my word of encouragement to you. You can't mess this up. If you're humble and honest and open and have a pure heart and say, God, I want you to work through me, and you take a step, and it wasn't exactly on point, I think the Holy Spirit's going to say, well done. You got a few things to learn. Let's hang out. We can do this. And sometimes when you get it right and your head gets puffed up, you'll say, hello, 
It's not you. And most of the time, you're not even just going to know it's happening. Most of the time, the Holy Spirit's working through us. We don't have like a buzz. Like, oh, suddenly I feel warm all over. Holy Spirit, you brought warmth. Now I'm going to do something. Most of the time, it's just happening. And then you look back and someone says, you have no idea what that meant. You're like, actually, I agree. I don't have any idea. And when they come back to you and say, wow, you're going to say, God, you're great. Um, Maybe we could do that again. This is an area for us to grow in speaking the truth of Scripture, in learning to lean in on God in the moment, whether it's prophecy. Um, Let's get super practical, and this may help some of you. Whenever someone's ill or, or not well or you hear something, here's what you do. Pray. They're like, oh man, that's, wow, I think I'll pray about it. Here's what we just do. Pray. And guess what? You don't have to have gifts and miracles. When you pray, the Holy Spirit can apply the word of God to their life with no wow. He could just do it. See, if we don't expect, if you don't ask, you don't receive. But those who do will. And so we want to grow in a culture of openness to this. It's why we put a, a prayer room in place. We were trying to do it here in the room and just with so much going on, there's so much distraction, we realized in order for people to grow, and this is why we're doing the prayer training in a couple of weeks, it's all about learning to just open yourself to listen to God and to ask God to work in and through you in small ways and learning to grow in it together. Um, it's, it's why we have people here who are willing to pray with you because we expect that it's not just like hitting the ceiling and bouncing down. It's actually God is doing something through his people and we never want it to be a show. So at any point, any time, at any gathering, uh, at the end when we stand to sing, you can go off and you can pray about the big or the small and we believe that God works through his people and where two or three are gathered in his name, he's working. So, so that's why we're doing this. We want to grow in this. I feel like on a scale of one to 10, we're hovering around one. And that's not a slam. It just means we're just getting started. And we want to grow in this, and this happens as we all ask the Holy Spirit work through us. Okay, great. You, uh, you're amazing, and I'm grateful. Why don't you stand up, and let's, um, let's invite the Holy Spirit to now do what we talked about. And uh, so that means for those of you who say, you know what? I, man, I, I need a touch from God this morning. The invitation I would say to you is just uh, when the songs begin, to my um, left, to your right, there's a room right across the hall. Some friends are going to be there, and it's not going to be weird. It's just going to be normal people sitting on couches, praying and inviting the Spirit to work. I encourage you, let a brother or sister in Jesus pray with you. Lord, thank you that you're God and that you're good and that you're working. And now we invite you, Holy Spirit, come move in the lives of your people. Whatever is right and true, I pray that will stick, Lord. And we want to be recalibrated this morning so that we can hear your voice and be useful because you speak in and through your people and the works of Jesus happen in and through your people. Now we invite you, Holy Spirit, come. Even as we sing, stir things in us that are for the common good, not for show, but for the good of people in this room.